Father, as we travel this world as the sojourners that you called us to be, I pray that each of us would exercise the measure of faith that you have graciously given us for your kingdom, honor, and glory. May we not turn to the left or right. May we keep our eyes on your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God and the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. It's here that we clearly see the elect, the church, which is also known as the Israel of God. God has always known his elect through his foreknowledge. The church, he knows us all by name, my friends. We are the chosen people of God, and that is why we read in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We are predestined to be his children. In verse 5 of this same chapter in the book of Ephesians, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is all through Jesus Christ. Otherwise, there is no election. There is no chosen people and there is none who are predestined. And I'll tell you this, it's never a matter of losing this election either. It is a matter of being among the elect in the first place. We are kept by the power of God and through faith. First Peter 1, 4-5, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. If you say that you are of the elect, and that you have the power to remove yourself from the elect, you are a blasphemer. You are a blasphemer who proclaims that you are more powerful than God. 19 Corvids on Gab says, Why do Zionists continually liken themselves to Jews? Jesus is Israel. Well, 19 Corvids, Jew is a subjective term that falls into the context of either Christ or Antichrist. One either likens themselves unto the king of the Jews, Jesus Christ, or the Antichrist, Zionist. It's one or the other. And Jesus is not Israel. Jesus is the God of Israel, the same God who is the author and finisher of our salvation. We read in 1 Peter 1, 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So here we see salvation is actually the conclusion of our faith, not the beginning. This should be a very sobering thought, my Christian friends. And it's the Christian mind that we find sobriety and soundness that is rooted in grace. 1 Peter 1.13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the disturbance of a sound mind that is brought on by Antichrist rabbit trails that resurrect former lusts, such as hate, envy, and bitterness. Verse 14, 
as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Why? Because we're called to be holy. Verses 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. It is when you and I fall short. It's when this world falls short that we find ourselves judged here on earth and before the world that is to come. Verse 17, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth, according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. And it's here that we find the title of today's episode, Sojourners. We are sojourners in this world and we must fear God as we travel. Otherwise, forfeit the next world to come. I refuse to forfeit the grace of God, the same grace that opens our eyes by Jesus Christ. It is by Jesus Christ that you and I believe. It is through this belief we receive faith and hope from God that continues to believe, repent, and to work for his glory. Verse 21, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now there are prideful. There are those that are hateful, those that are bitter and envious, who state arrogantly that belief and faith is generated on their own merit. This is a lie. They state that we believe on our own accord and that faith is not the gift from God. This is a lie. Anyone who believes this is in for a rude awakening unless they repent, which also comes from God, by the way. 2 Timothy 2.25 in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Here we see that God gives repentance, the same God that gives us a faith that believes, repents, and works. Now there's definite fruit of this faith. There's evidence of this faith. There's evidence of our election, and it's called faith, a faith that is filled with love for the brethren. Listen. Even if I disagree with a brother or sister in Christ, even if I rebuke them, I still love them. And that is why I continue to preach the truth, even if it hurts. 1 Peter 1.22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Yesterday I was able to grab a, a breath of fresh air. Fred Wust on Twitter had posted Beethoven's Ode to Joys about bringing people together and not about division. And it started off with a little girl and her flute and a, and a man with his big cello violin. And they began to sing this Ode to Joy or play this Ode to Joy. And then one by one, another musician came in with their instrument in this open arena And began to join in on the song. And it was instrument after instrument, musician after musician. And they came together in unity and and took their part in this, this song of this ode to joy. This is the way the church ought to be. This is the way that Christians ought to be. And I'm sorry, my friends, we're not going to find it in political movements. Andrew Torba had posted yesterday, I don't 
blame Blake at all. And I believe this is a Blake Masters who is running for some sort of political office. He said you should still support and vote for him. He's based, it says Mike Pence senior advisor is defaming me as a white nationalist to the press and lying on behalf of Blake's campaign. Miss Miller learned an important lesson. Don't tell lies and don't defame people to our enemies. Did you get the message, Katie? Do you know who I am now? I bet you do, says Torba. Now, this is why Christian nationalism is not a bridge that I would die on. It's unnecessary. It does not bring a harmony to a group of musicians called the church. It is an unnecessary self-created target that points at the name of a man and not at the name of Christ. The goal is not to get others to know our names. We're just sojourners traveling through. But it's to know the name of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And that's why I posted that clip yesterday, Christ alone. And I'm praying for Brother Tor, but like I said, I haven't given up on him. And I pray that God will give each of us the strength to be able to choose our battles wisely. However, no one is going to be able to choose their battles wisely unless their eyes are open, unless they are truly born again. I'm here to tell you, you must be born again. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That is why we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We preach the word because it is through the word of God that faith comes. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You must be born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The reason that so many focus on the kingdoms of men, politics, is because they cannot see the kingdom of God. This is why I will invest my life in this very kingdom. You can invest your life in grass if you want, but I choose by the grace of God to invest my life in him. Verses 24 through 25, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. This is the same word that flows from the Jerusalem above. Do you actually think that the word of God flows from the Jerusalem below? The antithesis of the very word of God flows from this demonic place. The Jerusalem below has been destroyed many times and it will be destroyed once and for all in the final day. The Jerusalem above never suffers destruction. And if you do not understand this hermeneutic, you understand nothing. And your Bible interpretation will be skewed. Hence, this idea of Christian Antichrist Zionism of our day. We must understand the difference between the house of Israel and the Israel of God, which is known as the elect. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, And thou, son of man, take thee a sharp knife, take thee a barber's razor, and cause it to pass upon thy head and upon thy beard. Then take thee balances to weigh and divide the hair. Thou shalt burn with fire a third part in the midst of the city when the days of the siege are fulfilled. And thou shalt take a third part and smite about it with a knife. And a third part thou shalt scatter in the wind, and I will draw out a sword after them. Thou shalt also take thereof of a few in number, 
and bind them in thy skirts. Then take of them again and cast them in the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire. For there of shall a fire come forth into all the house of Israel. Here we see the distinction between the Israel of God and the house of Israel, the Jerusalem below and the Jerusalem above. Verse 5 and 6, Thus saith the Lord God, this is Jerusalem, I have set it in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her, and she hath changed my judgments into wickedness more than the nations, and my statutes more than the countries that are round about her. For they have refused my judgments, and my statutes they have not walked in them. No doubt the mere reciting of this verse can get you labeled as an anti-Semite today. And it's here we see that Antichrist Israel is getting more desperate. Matt Walsh had responded to Judah Ari Gross, who was responding to a Justin Bieber concert. He says Justin Bieber, who's apparently still a thing, decided to goose step and do a, a, a sag hail at a concert in Finland. Finland yesterday. The Conference of European Rabbis denounces his actions and demands an explanation. Will he repeat the performance when he comes to Israel this fall? Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh blog, replied to this and said, if you're going to randomly accuse people of goose-stepping and doing Nazi salutes, you should probably learn what those things actually look like first. These people are getting desperate, and people, even Zionists, are catching on to this. The church better wake up and start understanding that God is against the Jerusalem below. This is Antichrist Israel. Verse 8 and 9 of Ezekiel chapter 5. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, am against thee, and will execute judgments in the midst of thee in the sight of the nations. And I will do in thee that which I have done, and whereunto I will not, not do any more the like because of all thine abominations. God is not playing around, my friends. And as the ship sinks without repentance, sometimes all we can do is laugh. I saw a Twitter post from Please Don't Infringe yesterday that put a, uh, a whole conference of thousands and thousands of Orthodox Jewish people. It looks like they had those funny hats on, those big oversized funny hats on there and please don't fringe puts a caption on them as they're jumping up and down singing at this huge conference he says first class of new irs agents being sworn in <laughs> i can only i sometimes we just have to to laugh but friends do you really believe that christian churches that have been defiled with this zionist wokeism will not be judged if so I'm afraid to say you're a fool. Ezekiel 5.11, Wherefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, surely because thou hast defiled my sanctuary with all thy detestable things and with all thy abominations, therefore will I also diminish thee. Neither shall mine eyes spare, neither will I have any pity. Verse 13, Thus shall my anger be accomplished, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them, and I will be comforted. They shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal when I have accomplished my fury in them. Melanie on Gab had replied to this and said, I was just chatting with a friend just yesterday about the big local Episcopal church. It has a big rainbow flag out front and BLM, 
signs all over the grounds. And a woman leads it, if I remember correctly. All I can say is, my sister in Christ, woe unto this church. Woe unto these churches, because judgment is near. Mahid on Twitter is replying to some sort of sex therapist, self-subscribed woke sex therapist that opens up with her pronouns as she defends maps. He says, you will start to notice every conceivable derangement being incrementally normalized in corporatist media through the use of psychological nudging from horrific levels of violence to pedophilia. Vices are becoming fast or vices are fast becoming virtues, he says. And this woman goes on to basically defend the sexual attraction of people towards minors. And they're called MAPS, Minor Attracted Persons. And it trended on Twitter for over a day now. Many smell the smoke of all this pending destruction of this Jerusalem below. The problem is they can only see and smell the smoke that offends their senses and not the God who can save their souls. This is why you see even the unregenerate anger that's rising among the nations against this antichrist craziness. It's just, it's mind-boggling what we're seeing today. God help us. God forgive us. Verse 14 through 15, Moreover, I will make thee waste and a reproach among the nations that are round about thee. In the sight of all that pass by, so it shall be a reproach and a taunt, an instruction and an astonishment unto the nations that are round about thee, when I shall execute judgments in thee in anger and fury and furious rebukes. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Now do you know why I preach the message that states that God has a pit bull called evil? Verse 16 and 17, when I shall send upon them evil arrows of famine, which shall be for their destruction, in which I will send to destroy you, and I will increase the famine upon you, and will break your staff of bread. So will I send upon you famine and evil beast, and they shall bereave thee, and pestilence and blood shall pass through thee, and I will bring the sword upon thee. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And guess what, my friends? I believe every word that flows from the word of God. And just because you raise your children to do the same, it does not mean they will do the same. We read in 1 Samuel today, chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abiah. And they were judges in Beersheba and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. I've seen this over and over in the church where men of God that stood firm on the word of God wanted their sons to take their place, but they weren't worthy to take their place because they did not have a heart for God. And then some say, well, what about Proverbs 22, 6? What about it? It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is not a guarantee of salvation. It is a guarantee that they will never be able to shake the truth that you trained them up with. Without repentance, there will be greater damnation if they refuse to repent. And at the final judgment, the truth that you trained them up with will confront them once again. Oh, that we would pray for these kids. Oh, that we would pray for these children that they would truly come to the repentance and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
political ideologies are not going to teach them this. They're not going to teach them allegiance to Jesus Christ. They're going to teach them teach them allegiance to the state, even Christian nationalism. We read of this nationalism in a nutshell today, of today and of old. First Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. I'm waiting for one Christian nationalist to dare say that God is not reigning over America right now. Because he is. And I do not care if you're able to raise up an unrepentant so-called Christian army. Because you raise an army in vain and it will fight against itself. Now granted, sometimes a repentant Christian army may be moved to raise up arms against evil. But not an unrepentant one. So even if America obtains a Christian state by means of its political gods, you're not going to like it, dear Christian. 1 Samuel 8, 8 8-9, According to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, how about yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And now you know why I protest such a religious state today. As these states were despised by the elect in the past, many will continue to despise them today because we see through it. The reason that Christian nationalism never works is because of proud and ambitious religious turds that always rise to the top in this corrupt and antichrist world. They have and they will kill their own relatives for their lust for power. So don't be surprised by the microcosm of betrayal that even Torba and Gab has experienced by those who call themselves fellow Christian nationalists. Dear Christian, when are you going to learn that the current state of American politics is not your friend, Democrat nor Republican? I just saw an ABC News politics Twitter post that says law enforcement agencies are monitoring online threats and have emerged in the wake of the FBI raid on the former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. The headline reads, authorities monitoring online threats following FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid. But instead of repentance, what do I read? Paul Joseph Watson had posted on Gab, Trump isn't even really a person anymore. He's just a giant gleaming icon of defiance. Well, I guess now the deification of Trump is the only hope left for the Republicans. And it is here, my friends, that we find a line called reprobate that is crossed by so many that are on the left and right, politically speaking. First Samuel 8.18, And you shall cry out in that day, because of your king, which you shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. I came across a clip from a John MacArthur, who is a popular national preacher. I have not listened to him much at all, but I happened to come across this clip yesterday that I agree from him. Listen to the clip. How do you know when a nation passes the point where salvation is possible? 
for a people. Well, Romans 1, we've talked about it. Romans 1, wrath, God gave them over to sexual immorality. God gave them over to homosexuality. God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a non-functioning mind. So when you see a nation deep in sexual sin, pervasively affirming of homosexuality, and the insanity of a reprobate mind where they make laws to criminalize righteousness and to legalize gross evil, you know that nation's under judgment. Amen. And the message to this nation, our message to this nation, if you say to the Lord, here am I, send me, the message is this, it's too late for the nation, we're under judgment. But it's not too late for the elect because, as Romans 11 says, some are chosen. They can believe, they will believe when we proclaim the gospel. What's our message to this nation? You're under judgment. It's too late. Judgment has been unleashed. You can hear but not understand. You can see but not perceive. Your heart may be attracted but hardened by God. But God has His people. So we warn because we don't know who those people are. And we also offer the grace of the gospel. That's our calling. Too late for a nation, not too late for the elect. Good or evil, blessing or judgment, God is the governor of the nations. First Samuel 8, 19-22, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto them, Men of Israel, Go you, every man, unto his city. Just because we get what we want, my friends, doesn't mean that we get that which is good for us. We know this. Life teaches us this. Be content, my friends, as the sojourners that God has called us to be. Psalm 42. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that they that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. My prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock. Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? 
Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my continence and my God. I pray that this episode of Gospeled was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.